preeminent journalist, Kara Swisher, is our guest today. She is the co-founder of Recode. She has a podcast called Recode Decode. She writes. She has had amazing guests over the years, such as Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Hillary Clinton, and we're so excited to share time with her today. I wonder what, actually what's getting you up in the morning right now. Like what's new and fresh? And well, my of, Apple iPhone wakes me up. No, no. Um, I don't know. I really like what I'm doing. I'm always, uh, I've always, I don't do anything I don't like. Yeah. I don't do it. Some, I do a few things I don't like and then I eliminate them when I don't like them. And so whatever I do that day are things I look forward to. Like yeah. today I had this great podcast with Chamath Palihapitiya, who's yeah. a well-known venture capitalist and Lauren and this guy who's a historian around uh, California. And I just, I, I'm excited by the stuff I'm doing daily. Yeah, the same here. I mean, we get up and are ready to rock and ready to kill it. But what do you think you're still learning um, still today? Today? Everything, yeah. every day. So, you know, you have to be – I have a suitcase that I got when I was in uh, college. It's a, a Hello Kitty suitcase from mm. when I was in Japan, and it says every day is a new adventure. Uh-huh. So that's the kind of way I look at things. I know it's, I'm not a particularly hopeful person or a sunny person necessarily, but I do think of that. I think about if I if I don't have something that's new and fresh – or curious, or a curiosity, I, I, I find I have, those are the bad days of my life. Some of the podcasts I have are with artists, or I mentioned some of the other people we've had on before, too. Right. I kind of like always learning about the backstory of people, kind of what their sure. history is. Do you like that as a journalist? Do you think it's important to hear their, yeah. their path or their yeah, story? Yeah, I do. when I do podcasts, I talk about depend, parts of the story. depends on which part is important, but mm. it depends on what the thing that moved people and changed people. What the, what there's, you know, everyone's life has a certain amount of things that are critical you know, turns where they turned. And I, I like to look for the turns in mm. people's lives. You know how, like, at least socially, people like to learn. They always ask the question, where are you from? Uh-huh. And there's like a physical almost, they need to know, like, where were you? Where is it gone? If you right. talk to army brats, they're like, well, it's a long story. Yeah. But do you find that's part of your interview? Uh, sometimes it depends. Not always. Oh. No, it just, I try to find what's interesting about someone or the thing. You often want to find out what people want to tell you and then what they really don't want to tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. or or one of the things when I started journalism early was I used to think, what are people lying about? What are the things they're lying Mm -hmm. about? And I think you you learn more about what they have to tell themselves, what lies they have to tell themselves to get through the day. And on that that note, then on the previous question, what about growing up in Princeton? Princeton, yeah. Tell Part of that. it, yeah. Is that- it was beautiful. I, I grew up in a beautiful, large home, a gorgeous mansion. I grew up wealthy. Uh, it was lovely. I went to a wonderful school. Uh, I Unfortunately, my dad died when I was uh, five, so that was a terrible tragedy and a terrible part of my life. Had a pretty shitty stepfather. Uh, but a be- in a beautiful home, uh, uh-huh. but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. My mom was, uh, was a piece of work, as they like to say. But uh, <laughs> in, in general, in terms of comfort and wealth, we were very wealthy and very comfortable. Um, but great. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you were a scholastic wonder. No, I no? yes, yes, no, I was. I got A's. I got A's when I wanted to. I think that's I, what I was going to ask. You. Was it easy for you? Yes, or did school you have to, like, was dig easy. Deep? I, I had no, not really. Uh, I was. Uh, for the first part of my school years, when I was younger, they thought I was a genius, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they caught, people caught up fast, but I was faster than most people early on. And uh-huh. I was telling the story. Uh, George Conway, Kelly Ann Conway's husband, who's uh-huh. just 
You yeah. can't stand her on Twitter. You could, it's uh, very funny. Do you like watch. George, though? Yeah, I love George Conway. I love uh-huh. his Twitter. I don't know him at all. Uh, and uh, he put up a thing, what is the thing that you did in grammar school that defines you, essentially? And uh-huh. he put up something that was very funny about how he behaved in fourth grade. I forget. And I had one where I was in, I think, kindergarten or first grade, and I walked out of class and said, I already know this. I'm not going back until oh. I put something new on the board because I'm, bored. Like, I'm like- bored. So I think I was way ahead early on. I read early. I, uh, I did math early and stuff like that. And so they all thought I was – and I was very articulate – so I think they thought I was smarter than I was, and then everybody caught up to me, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a genius, but I, I, I think I'm more creative than most people. You're obviously so driven and enjoyed such success. Yeah. Um, did you have somebody who was pushing from behind, or did you no. pull yourself? No, it's phase? interesting, because my mom's not uh, – she wasn't very pushy in terms of school scholastically at all. Uh, she, she didn't finish uh, college herself or, or go to college. She went to junior college. Uh, so she wasn't particularly pushy in that department or saying you got to achieve. We didn't have any achievement people in my family. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. He was a coal – he started a coal company, a coal mining company. But uh, he came from Italy. So, he, you know, he's your typical immigrant experience, a very mm-hmm. hardworking immigrant experience. But no, I don't think there was anybody. It was just myself. My brothers are all uh, incredibly uh, ambitious. Yeah. The- but not for my mom. The journalist in me, because I'm not a journalist, yeah. but like the podcaster, and pod snacker in pod me. Pod snacker. <laughs> Don't um, use that term ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. All right. Pod so, snacker. Yeah. I uh, w- would wonder if the grandfather wasn't more influenced, like, because it's kind of maybe one generation removed. No, like a I know. He was kind of a grumpy old Italian oh, man. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think it was more my dad dying. Probably, mm-hmm. I think my brothers and I were very motivated by living because some, someone dies at a young age. Mm-hmm. When you're a young age, when a parent dies, you wow. get very – it's called highly functional. So you uh, become highly functional. It's, a, it's actually well-studied and everything. A lot mm-hmm. of people whose parents died at a young age are very, uh, uh, very good at everything. They have to cope. Well, they don't have to they, – the worst thing in the world happened to them and they lived. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so things don't bother them quite as much. They don't get uh, stuck in hmm. worry. Um, do you do you think about when you're with your friends or colleagues or interviews? Do you ever talk about and and explore grit? No, I read that. I saw that book. I think I've, I haven't ever talked to her, the he, the author who wrote that book. Uh, no, I think you just have it or you don't. But she was talking about what it takes that, that people are. Some people are more. Uh, you know, I was, someone I was just interviewing, uh, Chamath was talking about. Some people are producers, and everybody else takes it, it surrounds the producers. I'm a producer. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it's grit. It's I make things. I'm uh, good at making things. Um, but you, you, do you think there's anything that you can, uh, even as a parent, and I have two little girls. Uh-huh. Um, you do? Yeah. yeah. And do you, do you think there's things you can do to impose grit? No. You just don't. No. I think that's the way they are. I have huh. one son who's the ha- who has been, uh, you know, he's got his ups and downs, but he's a very, he's, he's fundamentally a happy kid. And he was born happy. He was like uh-huh. that the minute when he came out of me. He was happy. He was smiling. He was happy. And he's uh-huh. always been sort of a Hakuna Matata kind of kid. And, and, you know, everything. He just has a really nice perspective on things. And I think it's genetic. He's just like that. He's just, you know, there's other things that hit him. He likes a girl. She doesn't like him or whatever. Whatever disappointments he's, mm-hmm. he reacts normally to. But he's very uh, like that. And, you know, what he, he he was late the other day. He was, he, he'd done something naughty. And, and uh 
he said something like, it's like that. It's, and I said, I gotta, I'm really mad at you. And he goes, it's like that sometimes, chief. Oh, <laughs> it's man. Like, it's something like that. That's or, awesome. It was done in a much more. I he, like this kid. Yeah, it was great. I was like, <laughs> you know, he's right. It is like that. And I couldn't be mad at him. I was like, oh, that's a fair point. Uh, and, and the other one is very driven, a very um, born a wary child and has remained wary and suspect of people and yeah, much better in school, uh, much more driven in, uh, in academics, and a very beautiful builder. But I think a lot of what fuels him is is uh, irritation. Like he wants to make he, he he's he's just driven. He's a driven, and it's not of it's not a happiness driven thing. It's not he's not unhappy necessarily, but he's got a drive in him that compels him to mm. make things. So I think it's just an interesting contrast. So and I think it's genetic. Gosh, I'm sure it's nature nurture. I'm going to counter that. I think know. nature is a lot of it. I got to say. Uh, well, I mean, but nurture part of it. Too. Yes, like, of whatever. course. It you can get, be 75, 25, or 50, yeah, you, 50 or you, something. Well, but. I more and more, I have to say, I find it. I you find it. Uh, it's just the way he is, and, and I think mm-hmm. you can you can make some, push them oh, yeah. further in another in the same yeah. direction or yeah. make them unhappy. I think mostly what you can do as a parent is make people unhappy by doing bad parenting, mm. and and then and then it'll take advantage of. But some people are just. Uh, you know, you could study like crises. Some people are, get through them very easily. Other people mm-hmm. just melt. And, yeah. and I think it's just a, a, the way you can be. But you know, obviously, terrible trauma affects anybody in the same way. And 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 nobody's at fault if there's terrible trauma. But and many people undergo terrible trauma in their life. But in general, if you come from a relatively loving family, I think it's a lot of it is your nature. Mm-hmm. I think we talk about at our house. Uh, like affluenza. Oh, and yeah. Try, yeah, yeah, my kids are rich, yeah. Trying not to, like, you know, almost setting them up um, so that they can learn some yeah. lessons and not just have everything well, handed to them. And, yeah, you get... You know, dole out, you know, dollars when it could be 20s, you know, for... Well, I think you do... When, you, when you're when you in scarcity, you do better. Like, when you're in scarcity or if you have too much money, you don't you don't try very... It's like being good-looking. It's the handsome bubble. People who are very handsome just don't understand what it's we like. We understand. <laughs> right, yeah. I, live in the, I don't live in the handsome bubble. I've <laughs> you gone and I. out with people who've lived in the handsome bubble, and they have a problem. <laughs> uh, but it's... Uh, it, you know, you have, a, you have advantages that other people don't have, and so you never feel uh, like... You know, different people are different. People of color experience life, or gay people experience life different than straight white men. Because, you know, my son and I were walking down the street recently, and I was looking behind me mm-hmm. at night, and, and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, wow, you never imagined that you were going to get bothered or hurt or raped or anything like Uh i think about it like it's part of a woman's experience in a city in an urban setting and i was like you never feel unsafe do you and he's how old is he he's 17 oh but he's big he's six feet tall he's really he's He's like no no he doesn't feel unsafe and he's never felt he doesn't he doesn't have to experience all the little taxes that people if you're gay or if you're a person of color if you're a woman every one of those person people get a tax that they pay that other people don't get and Mm. i think that is an interesting thing Mm. He's that, that surely, for those <laughs> who have to go through that pain, that surely demands kind of perseverance. Uh, sooner or later, they either wilt. Yeah, or I just don't. think he. I think he is probably like both of them have an easier life than other people, and they don't recognize how much asset that is, how much they're far, how further ahead it puts them uh, in, on the on the spectrum. Yeah, barring to, mental illness, it has to whatever. be respected. Yeah, I guess um, the privileges. Needs to be respected, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to drill it down on them. I don't like whack them around it. But I, sometimes no. they, you know, they'll show me some piece of work. It's not very good, and they're like, "Isn't it good?" And I'm like, "No." 
they're like, yes, it is. And I'm like, no, it's not. I've like, heard that on another interview. Yeah, I, I do. To. And it was, You're I did very, it the other very day. sincere with your feedback. Well, it's, it, you have to be. Like, you kind of are like, you didn't do a good job. And, or you, and then when you do, it matters a great deal to say you did a good job. So you don't sandwich your No, your like insults. my son wrote an essay the other day that was beautiful, my youngest <laughs> son, and it was gorgeous. And, and he, he, I was like, this is astonishing. And I, I don't oh. dole out compliments as much as I should probably, but it was really amazing. And he, I, he valued it more because he knows that I, you know, most things are pretty good, but this was really spectacular. And so I think it meant a lot more to him. Mm-hmm. And I also read that you, uh, you wrote for the Hoya? Yeah, the Hoya at Georgetown. And then you wrote for the Georgetown Voice? A little bit, yeah. And then um, I wonder how... Mostly for the Hoya. Yeah. I wonder how drastically journalism has changed, hold, and then also how it's still the same. It's not different. No. It's just digital. It's not different. It's more voicey. I was always voicey, so not for me. Mm-hmm. I always had a voice or had a, a like point no of view. standards have changed and I think there's not as much mentorship in journalism. That's another question I was yeah. going to ask. If yeah. you had any really yeah. amazing mentors and are you mentoring? Well, yeah, we spend a lot of time doing that at Rico. A lot of our reporters, mm-hmm. if you notice, are, are get get slapped, you know, snapped up by the big New York Times. Mm-hmm. We have like four reporters in the New York Times right now in the in the Silicon Valley Bureau. So we spent a lot of time mentoring people, or we did when I was running the site. And uh, and so I think mentorship is critically important, and that's what's missing a lot of the training and and Mm. learning how to do things and people getting ahead of themselves. So, yeah. In today's business world, it's sort of hard to carve out that time because everything's so fast-paced. Yeah, but it isn't. It's it's an investment you need to make in people. And if you don't, you end up with a lot of shoddy workers. Do you think some of the titans dole out that time? No, that's why there's so many problems. Every all these kids are getting ahead of themselves, and they're way they're way over their skis, you know, hmm. including people like Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you decide um, f this? Mom's going to make her own show. <laughs> oh, my podcast? Yeah, or just, just like, like you it. wanted to you just ran it all. I mean, well, you used to we have... we did the we had the internet we had the the events the events interviews we were doing it interviews on stage and so it just was a na- we we would be able to interview 16 big names on stage every once a year mm-hmm. and i thought there's hundreds of people that are interesting that i'm not going to get on that stage and so i could fill in the gap throughout the year it was just it was pretty easy to do it mm-hmm. and so you could do someone that you might not have heard of that is just as equally interesting as an elon musk or a steve jobs or whatever who are some of the surprises maybe that you've had over the years that were just like you said equally, if not more, interesting. Oh, lots of people. Like Chamath, who was just here, Chamath Palihapiti, he's a venture capitalist. He's quite uh, forthright, and, and it, it's been a very popular show uh-huh. uh, because he was. Or Nicole Wong, who was a lawyer for Twitter and Google. I had a really an astonishing interview with her and stuff, her insights on what she did when she was a lawyer there. Different people. It's, different people were surprised. Kim Kardashian, with a great uh-huh. interview. Uh-huh. I've interviewed her twice. I'll be interviewing her again. Uh, very smart in a different way. Mm. And people immediately dismissed her as kind of a bubblehead. Mm-hmm. She's not, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise. Oh, she's, no, she's kind of slays it, she's, she? She does. In a lot of, she certainly knows herself. And that's, that's you know, half the way to get there. And we spend a lot of time thinking about creativity at our firm and in our, in our daily life. And, and some of these pods, podcasts. Okay. You, you know, call they're, pods next. <laughs> Um, you're always looking for, yes, a little bit of creative proclivity in every profession. Yeah. In journalism, you, you know, you have to be so sharp, uh-huh. so on your toes. Yeah. What are some of the other ways that maybe people don't realize that creativity comes out of journalism? Everything has to be creative. There's nothing – if you're not creative, you're not going to make it going forward. 
every job, you know, because of the digitization of everything, so many jobs which were rote can now be digitized. And so if you're not creative, you're not going to be successful in life. If you, if you, don't, if you don't foment creativity or think in a, with a creative mind, it's going to be very hard to be successful. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm very creative, and I think you have to, you have to really – it's a, thing, a skill you can develop. Uh, but if you're not creative, you better be careful. And, of course, you think of, that flows out through many, many, many other professions? Every profession think? can be creative. You can be creative as a chef. You can be creative as an architect. You can be creative in any job. Any job requires creativity. Not everyone. Not like slinging hamburgers. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, but most jobs that you're talking about, I think, are, are ones that if, it, in order to excel, you can, be a, you can be an okay thing at anything, right? Yeah. There's a lot of like average anything. Yeah, but you know, most people are average, right? Yeah. So. Uh, my uncle said this when we first started our firm. He said, "Well, there's always room for a good one." <laughs> and then is. I kind of pivoted and said, "All you have to do is actually just beat fifty percent of the people." Yeah. And then to really try. Yeah. To be the best. Yeah. I mean, to be the best, but you're like, if you're that's the aim. Yeah. Like you're going to be okay. I mean, you, some people you, are certainly more talented. I mean, I think we pretend that people aren't more talented than other people in this. I was at my school, one of the schools, and someone was like, every uh, every kid is special. I said, that's not true. Oh, man. And they were like, what? Flip. You know, the parents go crazy, these, over, yeah. these helicopter parents. Oh. And they were like, well, every kid is special. I go, well, what is, the, what is your definition of special? Smart? No. Some kids are more special than others. Athletic? Some kids are more are athletic than others. I said, there, there are better people than other people mm-hmm. and whether they make more money I said, just tell me what scale you're using and then i can tell you but you certainly can rank people all the time it happens in the workplace why are we telling these kids that they aren't average everyone's average and then there are special people so it was this really it, it was just it, the whole parents were horrified with me there but i was trying to make a point is that there are you can't start with that as a premise you have to you have to start as everybody's average and then what can you do and you know and, and i said the only way everyone's special is everyone's got their special something like it, that is true mm-hmm. that is diff but that's different than what they were saying mm-hmm. which was if ever and then so my i finally everybody's ended, amazing is what right they were and i was like if everybody's special nobody's special mm-hmm. everyone's average and so i'm not very popular in parent teacher meetings oh i can't imagine no, teachers that. like me sure yeah actually they don't because i tell them my kids not to do homework but and do you tell me what you do to prepare for your podcast, or, or, Nothing. or like when you're going to go do uh, something on air? Nothing. Were you the expert? Really? No. It's all reading. It's all kind of. Just I mean, other if I'm life. doing a book, I read the, read their book and stuff like that. But I know a lot, so mm-hmm. I don't. I've done. I've had years of experience. I, I know a lot about the topics. I'm I'm an area expert, so I don't really need to have someone tell me the history of technology. Mm-hmm. So I don't prepare for many of the interviews. Some of them I do. I watch. You know. I'm doing a Amy Klobuchar interview at South by Southwest. So I'm reading up on all her policies and things like that. But not, I know a lot about her. I know what I want to ask, and not just about the comb, mm-hmm. but other things. <laughs> um, I'll ask about so, the comb. Uh, you right now? No, you're not right now. Before, how many years have you focused on the tech sector? Twenty or more. Have you ever mused about doing something else? Twenty-five. Twenty. No, I like it. Mm. I, I read about it. I, listen, I interview politicians. I interview yeah. media people. I interview artists. I interview – I've, I've expanded it out because tech has infected everything, has impacted and infected everything. So I have a very large – I don't have to just interview Tim Cook. I can interview Warren Buffett or I can interview uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar or, who, or Hillary Clinton. She, Hillary Clinton's not tech, although she's been impacted by tech mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I stand – Stand uh, corrected, but you've had the Mark Zuckerbergs, you've had the yeah. Hillary Clintons, you, you know, Steve Mark Benioff, Jobs, Steve Jobs, Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah, 
Is them. there anybody out there who hasn't come and sat down with you that you'd say, okay, when they come, I will have done it? Never. Never will it be it. No, I'd like to interview Trump. I certainly would. I think it would be interesting. What would be your first five questions? Go. Why do you lie so much? <laughs> what is it? Can you explain it to me? I'd like to know. I'd like yeah. to understand. What happened with your parents? I talked about his parents. Uh-huh. Did, your, did your parents not hug you enough? Well, that's obvious. We don't have to do that. I'd probably just put that as an aside. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'd want to know why he lies so much. He lies to himself, to everybody. To, it's, he's like a, he's a liar. He's a liar. Some people have, during the campaign were saying, but look how awesome his children are. Would you like are to interview they? the kids? I think they're even bigger liars. Yeah. He's taught them to lie. Oh, God. They're very good at it. Yeah. One of them's dumb. Like, which one? I can't tell the two boys apart. She's <laughs> smart, right? She seems smart, but li- a liar. Mm-hmm. They're all You're... liars, the whole bunch of them. Uh, they well, are. They're grifters, really. Oh, man. They're grifters who think they're not grifters. It's tough. They know they're grifters. And so you're going to do a talk at the Commonwealth Club. Yeah. Coming up in March. Which one is that? The intersection between Silicon Valley and ethics. Yes. Okay. Um, so for I give our, a lot of speeches. I give like three a week. So, okay. Do you? Sure. Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, for some of the listeners um, who won't be able to you yeah. know, make that. Can you give us a little taste well, of what you I, might discuss? Well, I think one of the things I talk about is the, is the, the, ability, the lack of taking responsibility for things that tech people do, and they take all the benefits. And what does that mean? How can we get tech to be more responsible for the damage that their creations cause? Mm-hmm. That's been a big – I've been banging that drum for about two years now. Mm-hmm. That they make things, they take all the money, they take all the glory, and then they aren't, they aren't building responsible platforms, and their platforms are damaging society and, and – I'm worried about that. Mm-hmm. And they have all the power, so you can't stop them. Do you have a, a personal or societal feeling of responsibility to hold these tech Yes, that's what I do. That's and... my job, is to shame them into behavior that's better. Is it working? Yes, it is. I think it is. I've stopped them. I've definitely, they call me. Uh-huh. They're worried. They're, they, 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 everybody, you can get to someone in some way, and I think shame is not, is, is not the worst <laughs> way to do it. It's, I write a column for the New York Times. They read it. Mm-hmm. It impacts them. They don't want to be thought of as like, you know, when I said that social media had weaponized culture, I think they, a lot of people called me. Mm-hmm. How could you say that? I said, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. So they were, at least I got to them. Yeah. So. Well, bravo. Yeah. We'll I, mean, I think what you want to do is um, have impact and, and You can do, do it any do way good. you want. You can be nice about it. I just don't have the time. Yeah. Um, I, re- I, I listened to you on another, it was an interview though. You said you, uh, you were nice about it. You don't, you don't always go hard hitting. No, but no. Are, I think are you hard hitting as well as you know deliver it with a nice um, shiny fork? I too, think sometimes. sometimes I'm funny. I think I do it in a more funny way than most people. But I think I'm very blunt, and I think that works really well. I don't think I'm unfair though. That's one of the things. I think a lot of journalists can be snarky, and they don't know their material, and so they end up just being stu- just being mean. And I don't think I, I don't think people would call me mean. I think most people don't actually. Yeah. I think I'm honest and I say what I what most people are thinking. Like when I when I'm interviewing anyone, I'm like, what's with that? And I think they're sort of disarmed because most people sort of a journalist often goes like, So some people think that mm-hmm. this or you know, and they wander around until they get to the question and I go right to the question. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is going like with Hillary Clinton? Like, I think you were terrible to Monica Lewinsky. Why did you do that? Instead mm-hmm. of like, so some people say that your comment about Monica Lewinsky, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. I think with Klobuchar, it'll be interesting. I'm going to say the comb thing. It seems mean. Like, I, it's, I, you know, it doesn't seem mean. It is mean. 
Yeah. So I just coming straight ahead. I think people appreciate it. Most people appreciate it. No, journalism, even in your Recode, uh, Decode um, website, journalism has been um, kind of attacked lately, mostly by Trump yeah, I mean, and, the, and all those people. Um, you had a whole section that said, this is probably more information that you want to hear yes, about disclosure. ethics. Yeah. We've had it for 10 years. You have you? Yeah. And what are, if you had to summarize years. that 10-paragraph? Um, this is who we are. Uh-huh. We're not hiding. We don't need to hide. We're not embarrassed by what we are. We're not embarrassed by our, our – everybody has, has uh, things that, are, that could be complex, but we're just telling mm-hmm. them to you. But journalists always pretend they're sort of cleaner than anybody else. And they, you just, here's, what, here's, here's, here's what I own. Here's what I'm married to. Here's what I it – just, it's just honest with the reader, and the reader can then just judge on their own whether they believe what I have to say or not. Does it um, upset you or disturb you that sort of so many of journalism seems to be one side or the other versus just down no. the middle? This is the facts, man. There's no such thing as down the middle. Is there really? There never was. It's, it's a new phenomena. It, the old days, it was always one side or the other. In the beginning of this republic, there was that. There was there were partisan. Mm-hmm. Hamilton had his newspaper. Jefferson had his news. And they hated each other, hated each other. Mm-hmm. And they just, they, they just made cogent arguments. No, it wasn't subtle. You should read some of that stuff. It's mm-hmm. nasty. No, it wasn't subtle at all. It was mean, actually, and beautifully written, but mean. Uh, so I know I don't think it's that. I think it's that. I think it's just. The, I don't. It doesn't bother me as much. As all other the people. all the Google searches. When I don't you, get upset by Fox yeah. News. That's what they are. Yeah, I know uh, what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to everything. Just I can get crazed by everyone. Uh, why? Oh, I don't know. I just I, I can't handle actually the then stop. Don't the, watch. Read it. Uh, yeah, where it's just so put up for a red meat for it one is. side you of the It is. You know, the other. thing is they design those social nuts. media things to addict you. So it's, you're actually... Not the subject. social media ones. I, you know, I go on to... Cable. The, Don't watch not cable. Not the cable. I watch the, the, go to the site and watch the clips. Oh, right. You know, or right. read it. Even reading it's bothersome. Yeah. But um, so when I Google you, yeah. um, most of the... Um, it always, always comes up saying the, the most feared, feared tech journalist. Does that stigma get... No, it's feared get, and liked. Ah, it's ah, always really? feared and liked. That was the headline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does that stigma get old? No, I don't think people are scared of me. I think they are respect my ability to come to the point. Feared is just a word that journalists use. I don't think it's mm. fear. Um, <laughs> I'm not scared of them. I'm not scared of them. I don't. That makes me fear feared. I'm not scared of them. That's different. Yeah, I'm not right. scared of them. They don't scare me. Are there I'm any, scared of real things? Are there any men and women tech names that you think are up and coming that just cool that we should all like look out for? Oh, they're doing, lots. There's doing new to good stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not as up on the startups as I should be, but there's all kinds of cool companies. I like all these scooter companies, even though people make fun of them. I think they're cool. I like uh, there's some really cool food startups. I don't remember what by like food and changing of food. Uh, there's some really creative things around uh, around healthcare. I think that are kind of neat, mm-hmm. and it's not as silly as some of the stuff that's come before it. Um, uh, a lot of our listeners and I am in the interior design world, and uh-huh. it's also real estate. Do you yeah. think there's any tech that's coming up that's going to disrupt Everything. any of those? Yeah, more of course. More. There's I mean, all beyond, kinds the, of beyond the house and beyond the ones that are kind of happening now. Yeah, but those new. are big deals. Pinterest house, yeah. all those things are big deals. And then there's, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, what's the one that sells? First dibs and mm-hmm. all those are really cool. It's a great way to see more stuff. I don't see why that would be a negative in any way. It, gives, it, it takes more power away from the interior designers because people can actually search for things themselves and so you, you they're not the only arbiters but taste is taste people have taste you have to hire people because if you do or don't have taste yeah but like design for example i have terrible taste and not terrible not not bad i have no taste that's different than terrible taste <laughs> uh, I, I wish i had terrible taste because it would be interesting but uh-huh. uh but i so when i moved to dc i bought this house and 
my kid, I'm there half time with my kids and there's these two gay guys who was own the house and they had beautiful taste. And I said, I'd like to buy all your furniture, all furniture too. Yeah. And they were like, what? And I was like, you don't want your gay guy furniture to your new gay guy house. You want the, you want to leave it here and then get new gay guy furniture. And yeah. you have such like, beautiful yes, we taste. Do. And at first they were like, uh, we don't want our gay guy furniture. And I kept calling it gay guy furniture. And, and they're like, we don't want our gay guy furniture. I'm like, you don't want it. You want new gay guy. We, we want new gay guy furniture. And so they sold me all their furniture for half price. and It was all beautiful. Yeah. And then I got half price beautiful furniture ha- that had been designed by someone else in my house. Everyone's like, what a lovely house care. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I did nothing. I literally, I just. They're like, where are the court. gay guys, though? I don't do anything. I don't touch it. I don't, it's gorgeous. It was, it's gorgeous, and I don't, I don't have any need. It was, that was a very pleasing transaction. Um, are you still running for mayor? I don't know. I, might, I have to be with my kids half time in DC now. Sooner? I have to be with my kids in D.C. now. Mm-hmm. It's changed. Something, some stuff has changed. They decided to – after uh, Obama lost, they, I thought they'd come back to San Francisco, but mm-hmm. they liked their schools so much mm-hmm. that they stayed there. And so it's I, – I have to be there. My kid, my one son is going to be in ninth grade next year. So mm-hmm. at least four years I've got to be ha- – half my life in D.C. So um, part of my life. So maybe it's like 2025. Maybe. Then I'll be 100 20, 20, years old. 20, then I'll be no, real old. I'll be old, crusty old. Like, what, what would be your first order of business? Well, yeah. cleaning up the homeless problem. Oh, affordable man. housing. You and me both. You know, with affordable housing. Affordable. I'm Kindness. Part of, I'm part of Battery Powered. <laughs> battery Powered. The yeah, that's the philanthropic arm of the battery. Yeah. You know about it? Yeah, I don't know about battery. They raise a ton yeah. of money, and, and it's also a lot you of you know, really it, cool it is. It needs a lot of money attached to it. I know San Francisco has spent a lot of money on homelessness. It needs some really smart yes. and innovative solutions, and money will take care of a lot of it, but. Does it? I don't know. I, I, mean, I haven't figured that out. What did yes. you think about Benioff? We've pulled away so much money from social programs and so much money from uh, public things. And then it's not much money for what we need to do. We spend money on all kinds of things. And so we just have to decide what kind of society we want here in San Francisco. And if you think it's okay that people are doing drugs on the streets and, and, and children are walking past that, or if you think it's okay and dignified for people to live like that, which it isn't. They shouldn't be living. We shouldn't treat people like animals on the street. If you think that's all right, uh, that's maybe you, but it's not all right with me. And it, on any every person in the equation, from the citizens who have homes and are in these neighborhoods to the police to the homeless themselves, everybody loses in this in this equation. So we have to f- be smart enough to figure something out that's kind and benevolent, and at the same time serves uh, creates a civil society here, our city. Mm. So. Did you were you for the Benioff program? Yes, I was. Mm. Yeah. I want more taxes on rich people. Yes, I do. Mm. I'm a rich person. Mm. We need to pay more taxes. The inequality in our society is ridiculous. I love Andrea Ocasio, so oh. I think she's right. Mm-hmm. I think they're painting her as they're trying to. She's not. She's going to oh, win. She's already been painted. Huh? Yeah, but she's going to win. Look how well she did yesterday at the hearing. She's, oh, she's, she's a well. star. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay, so I've got a speed round for you. Okay, quickly, because i got to go. i got to go. It's called a speed round. All right, speed round. Um, speed. <laughs> At a pool. Yeah. High diver just off the edge. I don't like swimming. Design. <laughs> are you dramatic, traditional, or clean lined? Clean lined. And then historic architecture, such as San Francisco 1940s Edwardians, or are you more like a mid century modern person? Both. I have one house, in, my house in, in DC is quite modern, and my one here is a, a Victorian in the Castro. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, white walls or color? Both. Favorite color? I don't have one. I like a lot of colors. Black. Black. <laughs> I'm wearing black because it matches like gram and your Lululemons? <laughs> I don't. These are my sons. I wear my children's <laughs> clothes. They grow out of. This is my 13-year-old's pants. This is lesbians who text jacket who gave me. And this mm. is 
a Soul Cycle shirt right here. I, I have a cold, so I. Jamba Juice or Kale Juice? Oh, Kale. Uh, classic cars. In terms of design. I don't like cars. I'm getting rid of all my cars. Uh, design? Oh, design? Uh, the, the design of cars. Are classic cars or current models? Classic cars. And do you prefer a uh, motorized scooter or one you have to pedal? I like them both. Pump? I, like, I like them both. Um, I love a, I love a scooter, the ones that are the lime and those things. Yeah. I love are you doing them? them? All the time. Do you wear a helmet? I got this really old Be group safe. of dudes to do it the other day. I do wear a helmet. You do? Yes, I do, yeah. It's sort of compulsory that you take it everywhere. How much must go with you on your backpack? I, I have it attached to my backpack. Um, mountains or beach? Oh, both. Sorry, I like them both. I both. was just in Hawaii with my lovely new girlfriend. Mm. Which island? Kauai. Mm. Hanalei. Oh, it's in the bay? Hanalei up the top. Oh. Uh, books or screens? Screens. And then the last question for you. Now, you have so many houses, so it's hard to keep uh, track. Just two. Just two. Just two beautiful houses. Two. Small houses. Oh, little care so jacket. Yeah. Um, favorite room in your house and why? One of the two houses. You know, I was in my house in D.C. the other day, and I loved the entire house. I have to say, yeah? I was very pleased with right my on. house. And I, I was like, I love my house. Probably mm. my bedrooms, because I mean, beds are always really comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got back to San Francisco. I'm like, I love this house. I love my houses. I, I, I wanted to be an architect, and I was untalented. And so as, as a designer, I just have no taste, as I said. And so everything I designed was just not great. And so I knew I wasn't good at it, right? I was mm. good at journalism. I was really good at journalism, and I was never going to be the great architect. So I wasn't one. And so, But I do love my homes. I have a real appreciation for architecture, and I have a real appreciation for where I live and stuff. So I like that about So the whole house. But I like my bedrooms. That's a good answer. Yeah. Hey, thanks for spending no time problem, with us. No problem. No problem. And when is this appearing? When is this thing appearing? Um, I don't know. We'll do it in like a week. Cool. Any All right. specific no, time? We'll do it like a week. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you.